your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast, September 16th, 2021. Your boy Q here. You know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And you always got that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line wide open like some old school TV antenna, 707-654-4693. Uh, got a fun show today. It's crossover Thursday. Next team up on the schedule is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Christopher Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, is going to join me on the show today to break down the Steelers, break down the Raiders. And I guarantee there's going to be some trash talk because me and Chris, we do the Locked On NFL show every single Friday, and we always have a bunch of trash talk between the two of us. Uh, one, he always says that that S Nation word, which there is no things, no such thing, so I always get on his helmet about that. And he tries to defend himself, and he tries to – I really think he just kind of wants to be like low-key he's trying to be me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wants he wants to represent Raider Nation. He wants to be your boy. I mean, he's just, you know, he's just a different cat. No, he's a cool dude, though. But I just like to give him a bad time. So I guarantee that we'll talk a lot of trash coming up in today's show as we'll talk Steelers and Raiders coming up in segment number two and segment number three of today's show. And then here in segment number one, give you the news and the notes of the day, everything that rolled out from Wednesday. And there was a lot to get to on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And first off, off top, the Raiders made some uh, roster moves including the signing of defensive tackle Damian Square. That became official. Guard Jordan Simmons, that also became official. Square, he came into the league as an undrafted free agent with the Eagles back in 2013. 293-pound defensive tackle. He's played with the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Chargers, and uh, most recently was part of the Cleveland Browns and Saints before signing to the Bears practice squad at the beginning of the 2021 season. And then when it comes to Simmons, he originally joined the Raiders as an undrafted free agent back in 2017, where he spent the season on the club's practice squad before before joining the Seahawks from 2018 to 2020, he's six foot four, 239 pound guard, and he's been in 20 games with nine starts over his career. So he's pretty light. Let's just put it like that: 239 pounds for a guard is not real heavy, but he's a guy that has familiarity with the silver and black. So they felt comfortable in bringing him back. So he's now with the Raiders on the roster. And then the Raiders also made official the signing of uh, HaHa Clinton Dix to the practice squad. So he'll be there in case of emergency break glass. Uh, if anything happens to Jonathan. Abram or anything happens to Trayvon Merrick. Of course, Roderick Teamer is dealing with some injuries, so uh, they got him there on that practice squad. He's a veteran, so they feel like they could put him in the game, uh, put bring him up to the 53-man roster if need be. So they made that official. And so in corresponding moves, the Raiders placed guard Denzel Good, who's out with a torn ACL, and defensive tackle Gerald McCoy on the reserve injured list, and then they released cornerback Madre Harper from the practice squad. So Denzel Good and Gerald McCoy became official on a Wednesday that their season are over and that sucks for Gerald McCoy I really hate that a guy that was so happy to be back on the field uh, after what he did to his quad last season didn't even get on the field he was just happy to be back with the team and uh, really I think that his leadership and his wisdom and his just want to was really going to be effective and really help with a young team the young 
defensive line in particular, young defense in general. I think that was going to really go a long way, and it just stinks that Gerald McCoy is done for the season. Uh, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, he put out a tweet early on Wednesday saying that Gerald McCoy suffered a season-ending injury on Monday, another season cut short for the former multi-year pro bowler. Uh, The team announced it's a knee injury. Damian Square has replaced him on the roster. So that was unfortunate news. Got pretty early on Wednesday about Gerald McCoy still waiting on an official update on Unique Ngakwe and what's going on with him as he's dealing with the hamstring injury. And then the Raiders released their first injury report of the week. Of course, they have one on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they have the game status. But it was a long list of names that was put on that Wednesday injury report. So I'll give you all the guys that fully participated on Wednesday before I give you the guys who didn't fully participate. Linebacker Divine Diablo, he's dealing with an ankle injury. Wide receiver Brian Edwards has an elbow injury. Defensive end Cleve Furl has a back injury. Jonathan Hank is a defensive tackle. He's got a knee injury. Uh, Center Andre James has an elbow injury. Safety Dallin Levitt has a hip injury. All those guys with all those injuries, they did participate fully on Wednesday. Now the guys that didn't participate, guard Denzel Good, knee injury, he's out for the season. So that was a no-brainer. Guard Richie Incognito, he's dealing with a calf injury. He still did not participate, even though John Gruden has said that he hopes he gets to play week two. We will see. we got to monitor that. Running back Josh Jacobs, dealing with a toe and an ankle injury. He did not participate. Uh, linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski, has got a concussion. He did not participate. Quarterback Marcus Mariota, got a quad injury. He did not participate. Defensive tackle Gerald McCoy, he's got the knee injury. He's out for the season, so no-brainer there. Defensive end Carl Nassib, he's dealing with a pec and a toe injury. He did not participate. And safety Roderick Teamer, dealing with the ankle injury. He did not participate either. So look at all those players on that list. That is a bunch of them. Oh, by the way, there's still a couple guys that were limited. How about fullback Alec Ingold? He's got a fibula injury. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Uh, defensive end Unique Ngakwe, he's got the hamstring injury. He was limited. And linebacker Denzel Perryman with the hip injury, he was limited as well. And some people hit me up and said, oh, well, Ngakwe was limited, so that must mean his hamstring injury is not that bad. Let me tell you, Wednesday's practice was a walkthrough. It was not a practice. It was not a full practice. It was just a walkthrough. So the report is really just an estimation. So it's not really good news on Ngakwe yet because they had, like I said, it was just a walkthrough. So think about that. A lot of guys did not participate at all. And then the guys that were limited, again, it's still just a walkthrough. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what the practice report looks like today and what it looks like tomorrow uh, as far as who's going to be participating on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers. As far as Pittsburgh goes, their report, uh, Ben Roethlisberger did not participate. That was a coach's decision. Wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, he did not participate. Also a coach's decision. Uh, linebacker Robert Spillani, he's dealing with a shin injury. He was limited. And then defensive tackle Carlos Davis is a knee injury. He was limited as well. But that's it. That's how deep their injury report goes. Four players, two were coaches' decision, and two were limited, as opposed to the Raiders and all the guys that they had on their injury report. So the Raiders, it's really easy to understand. They are banged up and bruised heading into week two. Now how about I end segment number one with some good news. <laughs> defensive end Max Crosby, we all know he played really well uh, for the Raiders against the Ravens. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, it was his first game as a Raiders captain. He finished with six total tackles, four quarterback hits, and two sacks. 93.1 was his pass rush grade by Pro Football Focus. He was tied for first 
among all edge rushers in week one. Going on about Max Crosby, his six total tackles ranked tied for first in the NFL and first in the AFC amongst defensive ends in week one. His two sacks are tied for second most in the NFL and first in the AFC in week one. And his two sacks are tied for the second most in a single game in his career. Max Crosby became just the third Raider player since 2000 to record at least two sacks in a season opener. And think about that. I mean, I want to give Max Crosby a bunch of props, but man, just to think about that, Crosby became just the third player since 2000 to record at least two sacks in a season opener. That's 21 season openers, and he's only the third player to get two sacks, or at least two sacks. I'm just saying. His two tackles for loss are tied for fourth most in the NFL and second most in AFC in week one. And the guy that was the big dog as far as uh, getting all the sacks in week one in the NFL was the Cardinals' Chandler Jones, who had five. He made his money, right? He proved that the Cardinals should pay him even though he doubled down on wanting a trade. Oh, that's a little side note there. He actually doubled down on Wednesday saying that he wanted a trade from the Cardinals even though he just... Got to the quarterback five times. You would think the Cardinals would go quick, fast, in a hurry to go get that dude signed to a long-term extension, but they were not, and I don't know what they're going to do. I know a lot of Raider fans are going to say, hey, call the Cardinals and make a trade. Go bring him in. I, look, I, he wants to get paid this season. He wants to be extended now. He wants to be up there around $20 million a year. I don't know if any team's going to do that, but we'll see what happens. That's an interesting story coming out of Arizona that Chandler Jones wants to be traded even after putting up a five-sack performance for the Cardinals. Coming up in segment number two is going to be part one of my conversation with Christopher Carter from host of Locked on Steelers. We'll be talking all things Raiders, all things Steelers. He'll be getting his Howard Cosell on, then I'll be getting my Howard Cosell on as we break down this week two matchup. It's always a lot of fun to get caught up and be able to talk about the opposing team and just go back and forth. And of course, there'll be a lot of trash talk as well and there's one thing i can guarantee that there's not trash talk about that's rockauto.com because for real they'll help you save a lot of money they'll make things a lot easier they'll save you a lot of time you want to get auto parts you don't have to go to a chain store you don't have to go to a car dealership you can just go online and all the parts are delivered directly to your house and it's simple you never have to leave your home for anything delivered right to your front door save 30 save 50 sometimes save 100 off at rockauto.com real simple to navigate through the website i'm even able to do it and if i can do it anybody can do it they got brake parts they got tail lamps they got motor oil they got carpet whatever you need they have it's so simple again just log on rockauto.com the only thing i ask you to do for me is just in a box that says how'd you hear about us just right locked on raiders podcast that lets them know that i sent you and i'm doing my job and i'm telling you how easy it is to use rockauto.com so go ahead and make that happen for all your car part needs don't go anywhere no chain stores no car dealerships just go to rockauto.com segment number two it's on the way your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of the crossover edition. Christopher Carter, host of Locked On Steelers, joins me on the show, and uh, he's going to get his Howard Cosell on first. He's going to drill me about the Raiders and what to expect coming up in this game on Sunday. Just kind of pick my brain. He's going to start things off. Then, of course, in segment number three, going to flip things around, and I'm going to you know, start things off with him, talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and see what to expect, what the Raiders should expect from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, 
please believe, Raider Nation, your boy is going to get some zingers in on Christopher Carter because he's that one guy that I could talk a lot of trash to. And, well, he's a good dude, so it's okay. We have a lot of fun. We do the Locked On NFL show every single Friday. I do encourage you to check it out. If you have a little bit extra time, give it a listen sometime. Locked On NFL, we do it every single Friday, getting you prepared for the NFL weekend. But let's get back to what matters right now, and that's the Steelers and Raiders. So here's Christopher Carter and myself talking all things Raiders here in segment number two. Your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders. Q, this is we're, we're just in our in our normal rhythm here. Like like we do this every week, anyways. Now, Locked On Steelers fans, if you haven't heard those episodes, which you should have, now you get to hear the realness that we are as a duo. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd like to start off and say the ball was an incompletion. <laughs> so, you are our tip. First of all, okay, how is it in completion? He's talking, of course, he's talking about the immaculate reception. We can't go two minutes into the episode. Literally, I am looking at my timer. It says one minute and 30 seconds. And you, sir, have already brought up the immaculate, inter- the immaculate reception. Inter- interception. <laughs> well, see, the immaculate interception is James Harrison in the Super Bowl. That's a whole other play. Gotcha. You know, in Pittsburgh, so many things that were are immaculate about the franchise. I don't know about the Raiders. They, they don't, yeah, they got a couple things that are kind of cool. When you look at the immaculate, reception it's clear the ball never touched the ground it's t- it's perfectly fine you see franco harris's hands are under the ball there's a whole statue q when you fly into pittsburgh you're gonna have to walk past the franco harris statue of him catching the ball when you get here i want to make sure that you take a picture of yourself with that statue i just want to make sure you. Change. i've taken a picture with him i <laughs> i was okay you told him he didn't catch the ball I, you know it's funny actually and i know this is totally off subject but yeah i was at the super bowl in uh in <laughs> miami when uh the 49ers no not the, yeah the 49ers played kansas city the and they lost and well, we that, were oh, interviewing him and he saw that i was doing the lockdown raiders podcast i was the host of that show and he said oh my goodness how did i get around a raider and so i just put him on the spot and i said hey look I just want to know because he was asking for that play to be, I think, like the best play ever in NFL history. They were they were voting on what the best plays were. And I said, I'll I'll vote for you if you just admit that the ball hit the ground. And he said and he he was so slick. He flipped it around on me and said, I'll tell you the truth if you vote for me. So <laughs> Franco's amazing, man. He's, yeah, he's good dude. Great dude. Ever. So I just wanted to start off the show with that. Oh, that's a good one. Well, let's let's get into the actual matchup at hand. Now, Steelers fans were up late watching this game, not just because the Raiders are the next opponent, but because you were playing played the, the nemesis, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. And you guys pulled out a gutsy overtime win. Uh, in crazy fashion. Uh, but there were a lot of things to glean from this win. Q, I wanted to ask about this defensive front because Max Crosby was bringing it. Also, Steelers fans were happy to show the world because everyone said, oh, you're crazy for letting Alejandro Villa in the wave ago. And then they're like, oh, okay, let's see how he does. And week one, he's a turnstile and they're getting through. But how how confident were Raiders fans and yourself as a person who covers the Raiders Raiders? about this defensive front and their ability to get after the ball. And, and I believe Cleveland Farrell, the guy that was a top 10 pick not too long ago, was a healthy scratch in this game, and they still were bringing the heat. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is all through training camp and through preseason, I've been saying that Max Crosby looks fast. He looks faster than he has his first two years in the league. And, you know, funny story, and you probably heard it by now if you watched the Monday Night Football uh, broadcast, they talked about it. He's, you know, more than 18 months sober now. Last year, his second year in the league, he looked a little slug 
sluggish. And nobody knew why, but he admitted, he said, hey, I was lost in the sauce, you know, meaning he was out partying too much, drinking too much, and just couldn't handle it. He's now sober, and he's out there doing his thing, and he looks the part. He looks so fast. He looks so quick, and he has more tools on his tool belt to get to the quarterback. The other thing about this is, that he's been teamed up with Unique Ngakwe, who the Raiders picked up as a free agent. And so that takes a lot of attention off of him as well because you got mm-hmm. Unique on one end, you got Max on the other. So it kind of balances out. There's no need for double teams, or you can't really double team one because the other's going to get to you. Right. So I think that he's also helped Max Crosby grow a lot. But Max has really matured, man. That's a hell of a player. I don't know if Ngakwe is going to play on Sunday. I'm actually be kind of surprised if he does. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. But yeah, uh, Max is Max is a dude man he's he's a hell of a player and uh, I'm excited to see what the rest of his uh his year three looks like because I, I think he has a potential to be real special he certainly looked like it in week one I mean he was getting after he was chasing Lamar Jackson everywhere yeah uh, Carl Nasty was also getting after it yep. uh I, I wanted to flip to the offense to talk about Darren Waller in particular when we asked Mike Tomlin on his Tomlin Tuesday press conference he said Darren Waller is like the closest thing we got to him as a Chase Claypool because we don't have a tight end that's built like him and runs like him and he is that big but that athletic and can challenge you in so many different ways he's you know when i was watching the broadcast they talked about how darren waller went through a similar thing as max crosby he needed to get sober so that he could be at his best um what has really matured for him for darren Waller? what's kind of clicked in for this guy to be the phenomenal tight end presence that he has been for for the uh for the Raiders. You know, it's just being clean, man. You mentioned it's clean. It's not just alcohol, it was drugs, it was everything. I mean, when he was in Baltimore, uh when he first got into the league, man, he was suspended so many times. He looked like he was going to get suspended right out the league just because yeah. he couldn't stay clean. And so now he's been clean and him and and Max are a cool story and it's funny cuz the Raiders I feel like are full of stories you know you got Max Crosby clean you got Darren Waller clean Carl Nassib comes out and says he's gay and that's cool it's like they have all this collection of characters on their team and I I just think that it's cool to be able to do that and to be accepted by your your locker mates and your your teammates and everything like that but Darren Waller man he he's always been a great wide receiver slash tight end going back to you know even college you know at Georgia Tech but he just he, he just the extracurricular activities he couldn't handle and so now that he's not that and he's just allowing his pure athleticism and his skill uh, and, and his want to to get better I mean he's he's no doubt about it top three tight end in the league and I don't care who you where you put him you can say George Kittle Travis Kelsey Darren Waller you can say Travis Kelsey George Kittle Darren Waller you can say Darren Waller Travis Kelsey George, it don't matter top three you're top three you're you're one of the best of the best of the best in the league right now and that's who Darren Waller is and that's Derek Carr's number one guy as you saw on Monday night he targeted him 19 times so 19, I yeah I <laughs> That's a lot of targets, man. It's a lot of targets. So that just shows you how much Derek Carr and John Gruden want Darren Waller involved in the offense. It's going to be an intriguing, intriguing matchup because the Steelers were the number two team at stopping tight ends last year. So with Devin Bush healthy, with Minka Fitzpatrick healthy, and yeah. Terrell Edmonds there, and Joe Schover, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to challenge Darren Waller. I'm very intrigued to see who they try to who who gets matched up with him the most throughout all those targets. Uh, and we could talk about Henry Ruggs. We could talk about Josh Jacobs, who I I love as a player. I think he's a phenomenal running back. I have him on like four fantasy teams. <laughs> um, but uh, but we, we got my last question has to be about Derek Carr. How did you evaluate his first game? Because I, I felt like, you know, in the end, he came through. Right. I mean, that pass that got turned back from being a touchdown was a phenomenal throw right down the sideline, dropped in the in the breadbasket. But 
Um, you know, there were several pads I felt like he hung his guys out to dry, and, and maybe that was the rust. Maybe that's just who he is because he he like he's more of a deep ball guy, anyways. But where do you think he is in his career right now? Is is this the pinnacle, Derek Carr, or are there things he has to clean up? before we see how good he can be again. You know, I think he's really, you know, at the top of his game right now. He had a hell of a season last year, uh, even though the Raiders only went 8-8, eight and eight, but he still had a hell of a year, uh, put up some career-high numbers. And I think what you saw Monday night early on, especially, was the product of not playing in the preseason, you know? And mm. coaches got to make that tough decision. Play and try to get in a rhythm, or don't play, stay healthy, and then worry about it in week one. John Gruden made the decision to, well, just go ahead and hold him out and wait till week one. And you saw Derek Carr miss high. Uh, Derek Carr, like you said, left a few of his players out to dry. Uh, Derek Carr really targeted in on Darren Waller and didn't see some guys open like Henry Ruggs streaking down the field wide open. Could have hit him for a touchdown, missed him. Then one time he didn't target Darren Waller and he was wide open for a touchdown down the field. He just was off. He wasn't in a comfortable rhythm, a comfortable place. Probably should have been intercepted two or three times, including one from Marlon Humphrey that was an interception that Humphrey didn't he want. He didn't realize it. Humphrey yeah, didn't want. It, 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 you know, he, and he, it was it was he weird in the he press didn't box. Know the ball was there. Yeah, I, it was literally in his hand. I was yeah. like, "What are you doing?" It was nuts in the press box. I I looked at the guy sitting next to me. I said, "I think that was the interception. I never saw the ball hit the ground." But nobody ever said anything about it. Nobody ever reviewed it. So I said, "Okay, well, whatever." And then come to find out a little bit later, like, yeah, that was the interception. But he just threw it on the ground and didn't even think about it. So. It is what it is, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, once he got into a rhythm, though, once you start, start really saw him clicking, and really when they needed it the most is when he came through, ended up putting up a, a bunch of numbers, like 435 yards total, uh, number one passer in the league in week one, which is weird the way he started. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, Derek Carr is, is, is fine. He's a, a, a damn good quarterback, and he's, he's the guy that's going to be in charge of leading this team, uh, you know, moving forward, at least getting that offense cooking. And, I mean, you put up 33 points against the Baltimore Ravens and that defense, you're doing something pretty good. Indeed. It'll be an interesting matchup with Steelers defense. We're going to get to Q's questions to me about the Steelers in the second segment here. So there it is right there. Myself and Christopher Carter. Uh, he was getting his Howard Cosell on talking all things Raiders with me, uh, trying to get an understanding of what the Raiders could present, what kind of troubles they could present for the Steelers coming up on a Sunday at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a hostile environment for the Raiders, but nothing that the Raiders cannot handle. Coming up in segment number three, we flip the script. I start asking Chris about the Pittsburgh Steelers so we, as Raider Nation, can get a better idea of what to expect from the Steelers' side of things coming up on Sunday. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag because it is that time of season, which is football season. Pro, college, it is all going on right now. Of course, it's the number one time of year, and betonline.ag, they always have you covered as far as football season goes. They got the updated odds, the props, the contest. They got the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. That's all open right now at betonline.ag. Go to the website using your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. How do you get a 100% welcome bonus? Just got to use the promo code Locked On. If you put in $500 and you put Locked On, you're going to get $500 on top of that. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, football, baseball, boxing, UFC, horse racing. It doesn't matter. BetOnline.ag has got you covered. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And, of course, part two of my conversation with Christopher Carter as we have crossover edition week two. In segment number two, talked all things Raiders. Now we're going to flip the script and talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, we're going to have to add a little trash talk to it as well. So let's jump right into it. Christopher Carter and myself talking all things Steelers here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. I know that you got some questions about the Steelers. Even though we talk about our teams all the time on Locked On NFL, we do go back and forth. First of all, if, if you're a Steelers fan or, or Raiders fan, listen to this and you don't listen to the Locked On NFL podcast, you or if you do listen to it, you know that we go back and forth about nation and Raider no nation. No such thing nation. See, here we go. Yeah, yeah, we, I can't even finish the sentence, and this man is out. It's not even a real sentence. <laughs> see, here's the thing. Is totally a thing. It's he not. denies it. It's when not. you come to Heinz Field, sir, Bigfoot you is know a thing too. What Steeler Nation is? Yeah, it's, it's about as real as signs. Bigfoot. There are Steeler Nation. There's Steeler Nation corporations. It's about there's as big. It's about as real companies. as a unicorn. Uh, okay, well, guess what? It's going to be real and in your face. It's going to be a whole bunch of unicorns. It's about as real as a leprechaun with a gold bucket at the end of the damn rainbow. <laughs> Guess what, man? That gold bucket's going to be hitting you in the face when you get to Heinz Field. There's going to be a lot of gold there. It's about as real as equal employment opportunity. (laughs) Now we're getting political, sir. You need to calm down. I kid, I kid, I kid, I you kid. Know, but, <laughs> but he's serious. Um, right. <laughs> but, uh, but Q, uh, I know you got questions about the Steelers. Yeah. Hit me with some of your thoughts as far as what you've seen so far. Yeah, no doubt, man, because obviously the Steelers, a uh, big victory over the Buffalo Bills on the road against Buffalo. And really, Chris, I, I really want to know how big of a victory was that for week one and how does that kind of, I don't say want to say give them confidence because a Mike Tomlin-led team doesn't need confidence, but how much does that help boost them going into you know week two week three week four knowing that they went on the road and and battled with a tough buffalo team that has given them fits in the past and came away with that victory well you're right about the fits part that the bills have beaten the steelers the last two years both in heinz field and in buffalo um but one thing that we talked about all week leading up to it was in both of those games the steelers were just drastically behind in injuries. They were down to a fourth-string rookie undrafted quarterback in 2019, and then in 2020, they were missing Devin Bush, Bud Dupree, Joe Hayden. Uh, they were, I think they were down to their fourth and fifth-string inside linebackers, and eventually when the Bills realized that, they were like, oh, we, we should throw to that part of the field, the middle of the field, attack there, right? And that was how they started scoring that year, but the, that never manifested in this game. And what I will say for the confidence factor of the Steelers is when I look at how this team operates. You know, Ben Roethlisberger, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, they they know the deal. They don't need the confidence. But the Steelers started six rookies in this game. They started Trey Norwood, a seventh-round safety in the slot, and he kind of bounced all around the field. Kendrick Green at center. Dan Moore at left tackle. Najee Harris at at running back. Pat Fryermuth at tight end. And Presley Harvin as the punter. And I know it's kind of cheap counting the punter as as a sixth starter, but he's a rookie and he started. Um, And I, I think if nothing else... It got those guys to buy into, man, all this stuff that we've been seeing and hearing and all these, it really means something right. because we came in here and that was the number two offense from 2020. That was the team that was in the AFC championship, pushing the Chiefs into the fourth quarter. That was the team that a lot of people had pegged as the top five or number, maybe even the number three team. I mean, we had our power rankings released for week one on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I think the Bills were a consensus number three. They only dropped. 
for five after the loss. But, um, you know, everyone's expecting a lot from that team. They went in. The Deets controlled everything they wanted to control. And the offense took a while to get started. But once they did, they scored on every possession in the second half until they needed to kneel the out. There's definitely a lot of confidence there. And because they didn't do everything perfect. And, and, they, and they know they didn't do everything perfect. But when you can get – when you can learn lessons, when you can make mistakes and be like, all right, we need to clean this up and come away with a W, that's a huge week, especially on the road against an opponent, like you said, like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was a very impressive victory, an uh, entertaining game to watch on Sunday as I was waiting for the Monday night football game, obviously, but a very entertaining game to watch. Uh, let me ask you this, because the Raiders dealing with, you know, offensive line issues. They kind of put their offensive line together, had three new starters uh, along the O-line. You just mentioned a couple uh, rookies that are on the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Uh, how How quickly can they come together? Uh, how long do you think it's going to take for that O-line to come together? And, and what did you see from them week one? Well, I'll tell you what, it was that was actually my question to Mike Tomlin on Tuesday when he spoke at his press conference okay. was his assessment. And, and he said what how I evaluated on film. He said they were spirited. He said they gave effort. He said he saw the fight that he wanted to see. And, and the whole emphasis of this offensive line is we have to be physical. We have to be mean. We have to be nasty. Because last year with an older offensive line, they were more passive. They did more things to sort of protect the older guys so that Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, Alejandro Villanueva weren't getting into situations that they would be more likely to get hurt or, you know, putting them out in, in a more physical, intense situations where they might lose some of those guys because they wanted their continuity. Well, that continuity is gone. Although Marquise Pouncey retired, David DeCastro is still a free agent recovering from a surgery. Villanueva just got his butt kicked with the, with the rate, with the Ravens. Um, now you got these guys lining in and I will say this across the board, except for maybe the right tackle Chakuma core for everybody had a very physical game. Dan Moore jr. Even though he's a fourth round rookie, he looked very good at left tackle Kendrick Green I mean there there was a play cue if you can go back and look up the 25 yard jet sweep to Chase Claypool there's Chase Claypool running out at full speed but there's one guy ahead of him who was a stealer and it was the center Kendrick Green and you just see this 300 pound man moving down the sideline and it's just like he's a freight train you don't want to be on the other side of it that part of the physicality along with Trey Turner the veteran that they signed uh to the offensive line they were getting after it. There were times they were slamming people. They were getting into it. They were physical. But Mike Tomlin said, we got to see the skill come now. We got to see these guys start to polish their game and understand how to work together, how to chip together, double team together, and get to the backers and understand that chemistry. That's going to take time. I don't think the Steelers will officially see – that level of continuity until maybe week seven or eight in the middle of the season. But I do see this team willing to win one-on-one -on -one -on -one matchups with this offensive line. Like if, if, if the Steelers can communicate and one thing that also the factors in, they had to use a silent count and they had very few procedural penalties in this game, which Mike Tomlin said, I, he didn't even expect. He's like, I, I expected to be in a lot more first and 15s in this game with, you know, with a hostile crowd, with two rookies starting on the offensive line. And there, that wasn't the case. Everyone was on point. Now you're going to be at Heinz Field where more friendlier crowd to you, a little bit quieter so you can hear each other, and you're going to be able to go out there and, and, and make those calls. I, I think you're going to see a little bit better of an offensive line. Um, and, and you kind of also saw in that fourth quarter when the Steelers started to run the ball more, Najee Harris was starting to feel it too. I, I think there's going to be some jitters knocked off in this game. But I will not say that this offensive line is, is all the way ready yet. This is going to be a major challenge by that Raiders defense, like you said. What would you say is your biggest concern about the team still? I mean, week one, it's only it's only the first game. Of course, they're still they're still trying to gel. Preseason, we know it's not uh, the normal preseason. It's not normally you know where guys go out there and play a whole lot of time, so they're not going to be in midseason form. But what's your biggest concern about the Steelers coming out of week one? Well, it is that offensive line, and, okay. and 
for two for two reasons. One, Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he was fine for most of the game. He he got sacked twice, got hit a couple times, um, and he picked himself up. And he looked like he was fine finishing. He said he, he said, oh, "Yeah, I was pretty sore afterwards." You know, he's thirty nine years old. He's <laughs> gonna he's gonna feel like that. But um, you know, the worry is that it it only takes one shot to 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 right. end somebody's end somebody's week and somebody's season. And Ben Ben Roethlisberger, his arm is fine, his body is fine. Like he he's he is in shape and ready to go, and 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 they they're fine with where he is physically. But this offensive line, they they have to kind of continue to protect him. Now I will say this: when if I was to say which was better in the, in that Bills game. The pass protection was much better than the run blocking. They okay. they had the communication down and they were passing off guys and they were facing Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Tremaine Edmonds, guys flying in them from all over the place. They were able to get that done. So I, I think that's a good sign. But this Steelers team wants to run the ball. That's why they drafted Najee Harris and they really didn't get to do so in in the in the first uh, half of the game until it will the first three quarters. I even say right. so. Biggest concern, can they get that run game going? Because if Najee Harris becomes a consistent force for this team, they are right up there with the best teams in the league because that defense, I do believe, is elite. I do stay still, I do stand by. They are going to be the best defense in football this year with the continuity that they have on that side of the ball. Um, I, I stand by that. If they can run the ball effectively and make it so that now teams can't just play into, oh, they're going to Juju or, oh, they're throwing a deep ball to Claypool, right. then they're going to be able to, to work with that. But also watch out for Deontay Johnson because he's coming on this year and he has much more secure hands than he did last year. So offensive line, definitely still the biggest concern on this team. Well, let me flip it over to the defensive side of things. Uh, we mentioned Darren Waller before about how he's the big-time target. Um, how do you expect them to defend him? Is it going to be one single guy? I know you kind of spoke on it already, but just how do you think that they try to slow down Darren Waller? And then there is there a weakness in the in the Steelers' defense that you could see that maybe the Raiders could try to exploit? Well, if I'm the Raiders, I look to try to find where Trey Norwood is, and I try okay. to attack him, the seventh-round rookie out of Oklahoma. Now, Trey Norwood's been very smart. Yeah. The reason he's out there is because he can communicates he plays in the slot well he plays in he plays deep safety well i'd say the slot less than free than, than free safety um but that's kind of where they have things have him lined up right now is they're they're moving him around so that they can move Minka Fitzpatrick around but i guarantee you this it will not be a one man job on Darren Waller right. you're going to see Devin Bush on him you're going to see Joe Schobert on him you're going to see Terrell Edmonds on him you might even see TJ Watt kind of bump him at the line to try to, to, to try to help with that and then you'll see a guy you might even see Minka Fitzpatrick on him mm. uh but the the Steelers have guys they're confident in taking away the middle of the field i did a whole Carter's classroom, my, my my weekly film analysis that I do for DK Pittsburgh Sports on how they're disguising Minka Fitzpatrick. Because so many times now, it, it used to be with the Steelers, Minka was the deep safety, Joe Hayden was this corner, Steven Nelson was this corner, Mike Hilton was the slot, and they just roll. And then Terrell Evans was in the box, and they just rolled with that. But now it's Joe Hayden over here. Cam Sutton might be on the outside, might be in the slot. Trey Norwood might bump into the slot. Minka might bump into the slot. Arthur Mallette might bump into the slot. And then Terrell Evans might help. And then they keep the two linebackers on the field. They're switching so many things up, but part of this cue is because they are just rushing four guys now. You're used to seeing Blitzburg, the Steelers, rushing right. in an extra linebacker, rushing in an extra cornerback. They're trusting their front four of Cam Hayward, Tyson Alulu, and then the mix of whether it's Melvin Ingram or TJ Watt or Alex Highsmith or sometimes all three at the same time coming from different directions. They are happy with those mix of guys, and that's why they're able to play with that back seven so much. So if I'm the Raiders, I would want to go after Trey Norwood because he's the he's the one guy on the defense that still has to prove himself. Um, the other guys are all experienced vets who have had success in the NFL, and 
especially Mika Fitzpatrick, you want to avoid him at, at, at all costs. The Raiders had to face the Ravens defense in week one. They got the Steelers in week two, so it doesn't get any easier. And my final question for you is, and you mentioned two guys, Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. Those dudes are special, man, and I ain't got to tell you how special they are. The Raiders, they're rebuilding their offensive line as well. They have a new center. They have a rookie right tackle and a, and a right guard that's all of a sudden going to be new because their right guard, uh, Denzel Good, is tore his ACL. That's a reconstructed offensive line. Let's put it like that. How much do you think Cam Hayward and TJ Watt are licking their chops to get after that, that Raider offensive line? Well, one thing the Steelers always say is that we play nameless gray faces. And and when they say that, it's not a disrespect. It's funny because they said that about the Browns and the Browns heard it like, oh, we're we're so disrespected. But right. I'm like, it's just like we say this every week. This is literally what Mike Tomlin tells us every week. It doesn't matter who you line up against, whether they're an all pro superstar player or they're a practice squad guy that was signed up yesterday. You got to go in with your keys to beat this guy as if he was the best player on earth and you cannot slack off. So the Steelers are going to come into this game. They're not going to come in here trying to say like, oh, yeah, Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, sure. A rookie guy. We'll, we'll <laughs> take it easy on him. No, they're going to TJ Watt's going to be all right. We are. I mean, yeah, sure. Lick your chops. But he's going to be like, I got to do what I do every single week to, to, to be a beast. You saw the problems he became for the Bills. He sacked Josh Allen twice, forced a key fumble in the game. Um, that was recovered by the Steelers. Cam Hayward, though, might have been the best player of the game. He had like 11 pressures on Josh Allen, yeah. two ba batted passes and a sack, um, and he recovered the fumble that T.J. Watt forced. Uh, you, you look at those performances, and you can't ignore um, what, what they do. And still, Alex Highsmith and Melvin Ingram both were drawing holding penalty after holding penalty after holding penalty, and they could have been called more against the Bills when you look back on tape. I mean, they were just plays where they're, they're, they were just grabbing onto their waists and, and tugging them to the ground, and no call was coming. Right. So it, it's is are they looking at their chops? Yes, but not in the sense like, oh, yeah, these guys are some bums. They're going to look at them like, okay, we, we had a good week last week. Right. Let's have a great week this week. And, and uh, the biggest thing for the Steelers is that they got to stay healthy, but you know if they keep that continuity up front – you know, do that and see what the Raiders plan is to counter that, because I would expect Derek Carr to try to get some quick passes off to try to, hey, let's neutralize that pass. Rush. Yeah. Let's get the ball to Josh Jacobs out in space and find ways to, to stop it. T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward from getting after us. So there it was right there. Again, my guy, Chris Carter, funny dude. We go back and forth. We beef all the time about everything. I'm telling you, we beef about everything. But I always win that conversation because Chris can't hang with me. And, of course, that's how it would be. I mean, he's, you know, he's a guy who's representing the Steelers. I'm representing the Raiders. So it's just, it's just how it is. He, he makes me uh, have to talk bad about him. But I do it. And I'll do it on the regular. But coming up on tomorrow's show, what we will do is we'll talk about keys to the game, keys to a, a victory. What are the Raiders going to have to do to go into Heinz Field on Sunday, early kickoff West Coast time, and pick up a victory and leave there 2-0 as they return to Las Vegas? We'll talk about that. We'll have calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. No, we didn't have any today because of the crossover edition, but we'll pick that back up tomorrow. And, of course, we'll have news and notes of the day. So action-packed show tomorrow to close out this week really strong and then I get on that bird and fly to Pittsburgh and get prepared for that game on Sunday and bring you as much coverage as possible so that's going to all happen on tomorrow's show from the Locked On Raiders podcast so until then Raider Nation take care of your family stay safe enjoy yourself hopefully you enjoyed the show today with Christopher Carter and myself and we'll talk again tomorrow until then as always Raider Nation just win baby